Now, as we get ready to study uh, the four horsemen, I, uh, let's begin with a reading uh, from the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 7. The Lamb, of course, is opening the seals. And here's what it says, When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to him over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the wild and by the beast of the earth. Now it's very interesting. He said, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. Now I want to take you back to chapter four of the book of Revelation. And here, he describes the four living creatures. And this is what he says, verse 7 of chapter 4, The first living creature was a lion. The second living creature was an ox. The third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Now, if you go back to now chapter 6, where he's talking about the Lamb opening the seals, this is what he says, And I heard the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, Come and see. I heard one of the four living creatures. That would have been the lion, because he's listed as the first living creature. Now you'll say, he just said, I heard one of the four living creatures say. But if you go forward, from there, he would say in verse 3 of chapter 6, I heard the second living creature say. And then the third living creature say, and then where we're reading, he would say, and I heard, he opened the fourth seal, and I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say. So again, the lion is the first one to speak. And indeed it speaks in a way that allows us to see, first living creature is like a lion, 
and there's a coordination between the ruler, the lion, the, the, the ruling feature of the four living creatures, the spirit within us that rules, he is the one charged with declaring the false Christ, the one who rides forth with a bow and is bent on conquering and being conquered and given a crown. So amongst the people of God, and this is my point, the spirit that is amongst the four living creatures is precisely able to determine what the truth is relative to all of these four horsemen who come with varying degrees of ferocity against the people, beginning with uh, appearing as a king. The king, the spirit of the king within the body of Christ, typified by the lion, is the one that announces when the false Christ comes riding on a white horse, as it would appear to be the one that he's not, riding on a white horse and uh, uh, having crowns, given authority to conquer and he was bent on conquering and carrying a bow. So the spirit within the four living creatures is the one who announces the thing that is its counterpart or that is its deceiver in the, in the alternative and opposite perspective. Why am I telling you these minute details? So that you understand that you're not going to be surprised, so that you know that you will know when, these, when the deceiver comes. I see, it, it annoys me, it annoys me greatly to hear people raised all of their lives under evangelical theology and that kind of teaching, going to church all their lives, reduced to mutterings about, I hope we won't be deceived, or I think it'll be like that, I pray to God that this will happen or that will happen. A people stripped of any confidence in the living God, the things that were written before, according to Romans chapter 15 verse 4, were written for our learning, that we through patience and the comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. This isn't guesswork, my brethren, this isn't guesswork, this isn't supposition, this isn't about helicopters and you know, as I said in the previous uh, 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 broadcast, about conjecture and wishful thinking. This is not about blood moons and other follies that have been debunked. This is not about some guy standing up and blowing and saying he's standing in the office of the prophet, declaring the end of COVID-19 when in his state it's worse now, and, it's, and he prophesied it'd be the summer, and it will be it'll be gone by the heat of the summer, and it's worse now in the midst of the summer heat than we prophesied it back in the spring. 
God is debunking the trite, the pretentious, the superfluous, the ignorant. He's debunking them. They can't keep from saying what's in their hearts and they can only say what's in their hearts because that's all they have. But you are not of the darkness. This isn't talking about nighttime. This is talking about ignorance. That's why God said, let there be light. God intended to illuminate all things, all things in creation were made for Him, made by Him and made for Him and by extension we are the heirs. This is not a time for foolishness, this is not a time for false loyalties. God is wanting us to catch every nuance and He's speaking by the Spirit so that we are not to be deceived. This is how we will not be deceived, not by guessing, not by speculating as to whether some political figure is the Antichrist or or, or nonsense like that, that we have always been, we've always seen. Prophecy has so often been presented in this form of conjecture and speculation entirely devoid of the revelation by the Holy Spirit. But there's manna for the day. Men of understanding will come forth in the end of the age and they will be given the deconstruction of the mysteries so that they may lead the people of God through the most difficult time of humanity and yet for the people of God, the word of the Lord will illuminate their path and though everything around them is dark, they are neither of the darkness nor of the night, but their path is illuminated as the illumination comes by the revelation of the nuances of God. So the first of the four living creatures was the lion and so the lion spoke about righteous rule and the appropriateness of ruling. The second living creature is the calf, it's the, it's the, uh, um, uh, it's, it's the, 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 the representation of that which is steadfast, that's not subject to being shaken. The third living creature has the face of a man and the fourth living creature has the face of an eagle. Now, you go back and you match these things and there is much to be seen in all of that. Um, But as we come to the fourth living creature, speaking about death and Hades, this is the prophetic spirit, it's the flying eagle. So the prophetic spirit speaks concerning and releases or or in the speaking of the prophetic, the announcement is the pale horse, the name of him who sat on it is death. 
Why does the Word of God, prophetically spoken, announce the coming forth of the spirit of death and hell following after? Because the Word of God brings life. In Him is life. It juxtaposes perfectly with death. What are the indications of death? The indications of death viewed from the standpoint of spiritual things, because these are spirits, death and hell, as indeed are all of the four horsemen. So in a sense there are five spirits presented, the the four horsemen presenting death and hell. Um, Life is in the Word. The Word of God is life, it's like marrow in the bones, the scriptures say. And when there is an absence of the Word of God, the bones of the slain of death and hell, the bones of the slain are many, very many, and very dry. So when God is about to bring back life, it will be the flying eagle that will announce in the place of the coming forth of death and hell, it will be the prophetic word of God that is spoken in the midst of that because that, you see, that restores life to the people of God. You remember, and I have I've referenced without noting it with particularity, although now I will, from the book of Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, I think many of you who have been following me know that I'm plowing into the book of Ezekiel. And in the 18th chapter, he speaks of the valley of dried bones a great army that had been decimated and the bones were very many and they were very dry. Now, when it was time for the bones to live, Son of Man, can these bones live? Uh, The answer was, Lord, you know. And the Lord spoke and said, Son of man, prophesy, prophesy to the bones. And the wind of the Spirit came and blew over the bones, and they began to be a great army standing up again upon the earth. Uh, I, I did say uh, Ezekiel. 18, I believe it's Ezekiel 23. Um, Let me quickly give you that. Um, Anyway, uh, I will get to that shortly. Uh, I want to stay on the track of where I am. Uh, So, back to uh, the, the teaching from Revelation 6. 
as he's speaking then and the, the fourth living creature speaks, he said, so I looked and behold a pale horse, the name was death and hell followed after him. And then my, my point was that the spirit of prophecy, the, the eagle, the fourth living creature is the one who announces this. And power was given to him, given uh, to death and hell rather, over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. Now here I want to go into the beast of the earth. The word for beast is a particular reference and uh, in, uh, in the Greek the term beast here is the word Therion, uh, and it's, it's a particular usage, T-H-E-R-I-O-N, Therion. It means a dangerous animal and it's sometimes venomous and wild, Therion, this beast of the earth. Now this is different from the normal Greek word used for beast, which is the word zoon, zoon, z-o-o-n, or as in English-speaking countries, z-o-o-n, zoon, which typically has a portion of the word for life in it. But in the word therion, it inevitably or invariably denotes a wild beast, a venomous beast. It's somewhat like the viper that bit Paul's hand in Acts 28.4. The idea of a beast of prey is not always present, but it is used to describe um, and it's, by the way, it's never used to describe a sacrificial animal. Therion is, in the sense of wild beast, is used in the book of Revelation to denote anti-Christian potentates who are designed to control the affairs of nations with satanic power in the closing period of the present era. Now that is from uh, Vine's commentary and from Thayer's Greek lexicon, Therion um, is an animal, a wild beast, etc. Under the figurative, it, as, as used in, in the book of Revelation 6-8 in reference, under the figurative of a beast is depicted Antichrist, both his person and his power and kingdom. It's also metaphorically used as a brutal man, a bestial man, a savage, a ferocious being. Uh, 
such as in Titus 1 verse 12. And it is typically not a reference to the stupidity of beast, uh, but it is commonly used in reference to predatory beast. Now, all of that to say that in Revelation chapter 6, what he's beginning to open up is this, that the fourth creature, death and hell, were given power to act for the control of humans over a fourth of the earth and in that control he could kill with sword, which is by warfare, with hunger, which is economic starvation, with death, a reference to disease functions, and or pestilence, and by this thing called beast of the earth, beast of the earth. So I want us to go back and look at things both in the book of Revelation and primarily and in a preceding fashion in the book of Daniel, Daniel 7, about the vision of four great beasts as they relate to the human population. Because you see, many of these things are not first references where we find them, such as here and in this obscure little corner of Scripture by beast of the earth. These things, though they're tucked away, they have significant antecedent references. So if we go to the book of Revelation, if we go rather to the book of Daniel, um, here is a reference that I want for us to begin to look at. And it's about beast of the earth. It's an amazing, I want to introduce it in this uh, section. And, um, but I want to unpack it in the remaining sections. So Daniel is speaking in Daniel 7 and he says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, and you'll remember Belshazzar replaced Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel had a dream and visions of his head, dream and visions of his head, while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, each one different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings, 
and I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to him. You notice anything about that? This first of the creatures has all but the cherub, all but the ox. Now we know, I'm going ahead, but we know that it's the four living, it's the four kingdoms that will come upon the earth. And these are predatory. But they appear like the Son of Man, or they appear like the kingdom of God. The first of these kingdoms, it says, was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And what was the third? A man. The lion, the eagle, the man, the ox. This is the indication of the four living creatures uh, who represent us as the corporate man. This kingdom appears, the first of these, appears to have the characteristics, the spiritual characteristics, three of the four spiritual characteristics of uh, the, uh, the four living creatures. Now what does that tell us right away? Because this is the first appearing or the first description of what is summed up in uh, in the, the rest of the four living creatures. This is what's summed up. Now, um, we we will see. I want to I want to skip ahead here. I'll go back and forth between these passages, and we, we will look at certain things. Then I stood. John is speaking in the book of Revelation chapter 13. So I've left Daniel 7 and my commentary on the first of the four living, first of the four kingdoms and I'm skipping over to Revelation where John is speaking some 700 years later. John says, verse 1 of chapter 13 of the book of Revelation, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, so he's in the same place, and I saw a beast arising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now you'll say, yes, but John only saw one beast. Verse 2, Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion." So this beast that is, we're about to see, and I've just opened up the first portion, the first appearing, John sees it in the reverse order because those kingdoms had come by the time John was alive but in the time of Daniel they were seen prospectively looking into the future, so he sees the first and it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit, it seems to have the indications of that which is 
representative of the kingdom of God, but it's a counterfeit. And this will mark out the characteristics, the, the, the presiding characteristics over all of these beasts and you'll see it when we come to the fourth beast. For now we'll conclude here but we'll pick back up in the next session.